0: Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions, until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now, an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Praise God for the reading of His Word. You may now be seated. Purpose and Promise is the title of today's message based on Galatians chapter 3, verses 19 to 22. Paul wrote that no one could alter or change God's covenant with Abraham, not even the law of Moses. In a manner of speaking, they seem contradictory, yet Paul explained That the Mosaic covenant, meaning the covenant made through Moses, the Torah, and the Abrahamic covenant do not contradict. In fact, the two complement each other. Paul would then explain the purpose of the law of Moses, which is to reveal sin. An honest look at the law and an honest look at the self would show the need for forgiveness, God's forgiveness, which is found in Christ. God fulfills his covenant with Abraham through the new covenant in Christ through faith. Let me again, give a brief discussion on the background of Galatians. Paul wrote a letter that seemed to be urgent and full of concern, and we could say emotion. And uh, he greeted the Galatians, but his usual thanksgiving to the Lord, I thank God for your faith, it's being spoken about all over the world, which he did with uh, others like Romans, was not here. He went direct. He went direct to the problem at hand. Why would you believe another gospel, which is not really another gospel, but some distorted the gospel. And if we study all of Galatians, that distortion is simply saying, yes, you need faith in Christ, but you also need the law to be saved, to be justified. Another word for saved is justified. Pinawalang sala. The guilty proclaimed not guilty, that is saved, that is justified. Why would you believe that? Because some people from Jerusalem, which are called Judaizers, believe in the Old Testament law is equal to faith in Christ. They Do not say it, but that's the way they're implying it. And their message is, yes, have faith in Christ, but you should belong to God's people, Israel, by circumcision. And then follow the law. Circumcision was a first step, saying that you belong to God, and they were probably citing Abraham and Moses. Now, Paul had to explain, hey, 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 wait. They do not contradict, and it's not through circumcision That Abraham was made righteous. And he used the story of Genesis to say that Abraham was given or credited righteousness because he believed. The same way with Jesus Christ. And we kept summarizing it here that it is our faith in the suffering death of Christ because of our sin And because of his resurrection, and we believe that, he rose again from the dead. And as we studied the book of Hebrews, because he was perfect. No sin. Death could not hold the sinless. There was no consequence for him, but he died because he took upon our sin. He rose again from the dead, and we believe that, And He is alive forevermore. And we also believe He told His disciples to proclaim repentance in every nation for the forgiveness of sins. We believe that. It is not obedience that saves you. It is faith in the gospel that saves you. Faith in Christ and what he has done. And we're talking about a genuine faith that puts their heart into it. Not a shallow belief that he exists. And I know he died and rose again. I know that since I was a kid. We're not talking about that. One who is fully invested in their hearts. On who Christ is, what he has done. The obedience does not save, but if you truly have faith, you want to obey. And we want to clarify that. It's not in obeying that you are saved. It is faith in Him that you are saved. But if your faith is true and genuine, then the Spirit is already at work in you. And that same Holy Spirit gives you a new heart. And that new heart wants to obey. We were warned that we will never be perfect, but we will strive for perfection. Yet if ever we sin, we can come to him humbly and seek for his forgiveness and confess our sins. Now Paul was dealing with a problem because there are some people who made a little distortion of the gospel. And we said that a lesson for us here is we should never distort it even a little bit. That is why it is important to study the Holy Scriptures ourselves, line by line, and study it with context. Again and again and again. Clarifying what is the Gospel. Now, knowing the Gospel Of Christ, one is justified. Again, it's not obedience that saves you. It's not your morality that saves you. Morality, which involves, which is part of obeying Him, is a result of your faith. Because if it's about our morality, our good works, it's never enough. You are still guilty. We are still guilty. No one could fulfill the law. And the law is not just ten commandments, which even the ten we fail at times. Study the Old Testament and you'll see the details of the law. There's so much to it. Then Paul tries to explain that God made a covenant with Abraham that his offspring, one of his descendants, not all his descendants, he's not talking about the nations under him. He was talking about one descendant that shall be a blessing to all the nations. He's not talking about the country or countries under him. He's not talking about the many people. He's talking about the one. There is one. Not offsprings, not descendants, plural, but singular. And that is Christ Jesus. Now, why then the law? Why Moses? Of course, Paul cited here that it is to reveal sin. But we have discussed that as we studied even through Genesis and Exodus, somehow the law was important because the law was not only the moral law, it was also a civil law, how they should treat one another. What if your cow kills this person? How do you pay for it? There's a sense of justice. There had to be laws in a nation. Without laws, we are the wild, wild west. We can just draw and kill one another if we want to. There had to be laws. But they also had the ceremonial law which foreshadows or is a glimpse, a shadow of the Christ to come. In the ceremonies, a person brings an animal, an innocent animal, and that animal must be killed. With the priest right there and he himself there. That that animal must be killed because of this person's sin. That was part of the ceremony. That animal had nothing to do with this person's sin. Reflecting that the sinless and innocent must die. And Christ is called the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So the shadow, the glimpse of what is to come, the glimpse to understand how the justice of God works, was given. Let's read verse 19. Why then the law? Paul wrote. It was added because of transgressions, sins. Until the offspring, the descendant, should come to whom the promise had been given or had been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now, the intermediary, if you recall in the book of Exodus, There were accounts there that many angels came to give it to Moses. Many came to give the law to Moses. Now they needed Moses to be an intermediary. Because the people said, all we hear is thunder and lightning. And we are afraid. They were afraid of God. Moses, go there and speak for us. They feared for their lives. But that's not the same with Abraham. It was God to Abraham directly. This is why Paul was saying. By an intermediary. Verse 20 now, an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Meaning there will be three people to discuss the agreement. But God made a covenant with Abraham. Get this, listen to this carefully. He made a promise to Abraham and to his offspring. He made a promise that Abraham will be a blessing to all the nations of the world and that will happen through his offspring, through Christ. It wasn't a covenant where if you fulfill this, I'll do this. No. You see, that's why God is one. He didn't need Abraham to agree. He said, this is my covenant with you. I will do this. The Messiah must come. It's one way. If you look at Moses, if you obey the law, then this will happen. Hmm? There's a difference. You know what excites me with that? Christ's covenant with us does not depend on how good we are. Not because I'm a good boy. I'm a wretched sinner. Not because of that. And since Israel could not obey, in fact, there was no heart to obey. They kept disobeying again and again and again. What does this new covenant say? I will give them a new heart. Because the heart, our heart as it is, just wants to have pleasure, and we are self centered and we are selfish. But the new heart from Him, suddenly, the desires change. Suddenly, you want to know the Word. Suddenly, you want people to know about the Gospel. Suddenly, it's not just about you anymore. Some things changed. Suddenly, you see beauty in the Holy Scriptures. Paul explained that the law was added to reveal sins until the coming of the promise Christ. It's to convince us that we are sinners. Did you know that many people are still not convinced they're sinners. Oh, I'm a good boy. I'm not like others. I don't hurt anybody. I just am myself. Uh, I don't say or do anything that can harm others. Therefore, I'm going to heaven immediately you understand that this person does not understand the gospel. Does not understand the purpose of the law, which is to show clearly, I am nobody. I'm a sinner. And once you bring your heart, unless you bring yourself down and say, Richard am I! And you still don't understand. You'll think, oh, he's a good God, and they gave you this way of presenting the gospel without warning you of the judgment to come. The gospel presented to us today is God loves you, you know, no matter what. Uh, he expressed his love through Christ. Outside Christ is judgment. No matter what, you believe that? Let me tell you, show me how many times in scripture that God said, I love you. Hmm? Oh, come on, read it through Genesis to Revelation. How many times? Five? Six times? I'm not kidding you. But then the message today is that is overproportioned. What do you see more? His righteousness, His justice, and His holiness. That's what you see more in Scripture. Yeah, yeah, but, but we got convinced because that's the first thing we heard. And everything about the gospel is that, oh, I do believe in the love of God, yeah? Uh, I know you know one verse already, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And you know that, John three sixteen. How about John 3, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21? They don't believe because they do the works of darkness. And those who don't believe are already condemned. Why don't we preach that? It's just below it. The problem with isolating verses and preaching it out of context, we have that a lot today. Hopefully it's not us. Because it sounds good, and we tell you of a certain emotional story, and you feel, yeah, God loves me. Uh, Well, yeah, but there's judgment if you're not in Christ. Uh, There's judgment if you don't follow Christ. And what is that judgment? As deep and wide His love is. And His love is eternal. I'd like to say to you, His justice is deep and wide and eternal. It's forever. After forever, which is no after forever, the justice is not yet satisfied after forever. So, Scripture warns us with this. Why then the law? To reveal we are sinners. And if you have to fight your case, I'm not so bad then, again, once again, I hope you understand Scripture. Then you miss the point of the law. Why was it given? Now, the Mosaic law gave a spotlight to sin, a spotlight. Before the law, before the law of Moses, it was on conscience. What is right or wrong, sin and not sin, is based on conscience. Which Paul would say, the Gentiles have that conscience. But Israel was given the law. And that law gave a spotlight to sin, which led to a keener awareness of it. Well, it should lead people to think... That it is impossible to fulfill all the law requirements. And once you realize it is impossible, then you conclude, therefore, we need a Savior. Paul was saying there's no contradiction. There's no contradiction between the law of Moses and God's promise to Abraham. Paul explained that if the law could give life, righteousness would be through the law. But the law could not bring righteousness. And we're not talking about the law like the Republic of the Philippines Constitution. We're talking about the law for them which is both civil and religious. Verse 21. There is no contradiction. Verse 21. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? And Paul answered himself, certainly not. Why? Because a law could not give life. It can reveal sin, but it cannot justify. Because everybody's guilty anyway. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. And we keep saying, we want to obey because of our faith, but the obedience itself does not save. God credited Abraham with righteousness through faith, without the law of Moses. God gave the law because Israel needed the law to show them their sinfulness. And he expected faith, God expected faith, like Abraham's, then and now. My third point, the promise. The scriptures show that people are prisoners of sin. But people experience freedom through faith in Christ. The law could not make anyone righteous. Yet it had its purpose. Ultimately, the law prepared the coming of the Lord. The offspring promised to Abraham. Verse 22, let's read that. But the scripture, talking about specifically the Mosaic law, imprisoned everything under sin by showing you that you're a sinner. But then... That's all it does. Why? The law so that you would see there is no hope in the law for salvation. But there is the need to follow the law. Can you imagine that imprisonment? There's a need to follow it. But it will not save. Now, this is where we stop thinking about Uh, why would God do that? Again, His ways are higher than our ways. Why would He do that? So that He can fulfill the promise to Abraham through Christ, so that we fully understand that we are sinners. Because before Abraham, and if you look at the time of Moses, why God had to call Moses to save his family, because the mind of people In the mind of people were only sin and wickedness left to ourselves we will do what we want to get what we want even destroy the lives of others knowingly or unknowingly sometimes through jealousy sometimes through envy sometimes just about pride that is a natural state of man But then the law had to be given so that there would be consequences, but also to show that men and women are sinners under God. However, they have to wait for the promise. That's why. How are people saved in the Old Testament? Those who hope and believe of the coming of the promised Messiah. In their time, it was looking forward. They have to obey the law. But it was looking forward. To the coming of the Messiah that would save them, while we today look backward to the cross. Such is the difference. The law could not make anyone righteous. So let's finish the verse. So that the promise by faith in Christ Jesus, in Jesus Christ, might be given. To those who believe, so that the promise will be given to those who believe. Now, studying line by line the Holy Scriptures like we're doing today hopefully makes you appreciate why we have these doctrines today. Now, some of us just like the doctrine without going through the process. How do you think Luther and Calvin and the others came up with the doctrines? It's studying it line by line based on its context. And if I'm in preaching in the wrong context, please challenge me. It's okay, send me a private message. But please make sure you study, so we can have a friendly and lively conversation. Otherwise, study first, let's not talk. If you want clarity, please go to the growth groups. We try to study these things line by line. We try to echo. We try to understand. Now, in what way, again, did the law of Moses imprison those under sin? They found out that they were sinners. Yet there was no righteousness in obeying the law. They needed to comply, yet never achieve righteousness unless through faith. Application, number one, look closely. Understand the purpose of the law, one of which is to reveal sin. Both Old Testament and New Testament scriptures reveal what sin is. You'll find that in Romans 1. You'll find that in Ephesians 5. You'll find that in Revelations 21 or 20. A list of sins, which included adultery, hatred, gossip, slander. Which included fornication. Which included lying and cheating. Which included same-sex relationships. That was written. Now, please don't add anything to it because what is written is written. For us, sometimes it's not enough. We want to add more to it. Right? Please, stop. If you not want to know what the world is according to Scripture, you have to look at the context where it was written. Don't keep saying that's worldly. First, if you're using Romans 12, you look at within that context. If you're using 1 John, you look at that context. What was it used for? Not just take your opinion based on tradition. It's written. And that is enough. Because we're already guilty. You want to add more? Huh? And stop judging others with your standards that are not necessarily biblical. And then it ends up in gossip. Why is she like that? What are you talking about? Are you gossiping? Unless you can root it in scripture. Please discipline your mind. That's the point where we don't judge others, but we let scripture speak. Adultery is a sin. I'm not judging you if you committed adultery. I'm saying this is what scripture says. But then what is clear, let us be convicted of it. Let us be convicted of it if it is clear. Idolatry is a sin. You would talk about the small stuff. And you'll allow exposure to idolatry, whether it's a wedding or whatever. Have you felt the tone of God, how much he hates it? Yet we must remind ourselves, now, let me finish. So let us look closely at scriptures like a mirror and see our shortcomings, which should lead us to repentance. The more I study scripture, the more I see my imperfection, the more I should see, Lord, forgive me. We must remind ourselves that obedience to the scriptures does not lead to salvation. Instead, righteousness comes through faith in Christ and what he did to suffer and die for us and rise again from the dead. Again, the obedience is a result of our faith. Number two, do not contradict. God gave the law of Moses to reveal what is sin to Israel. The law gave Israel a sense of structure and order. Also a sense of sin and not sin. It showed us our need to repent and believe in the gospel. The need for a good news because the law showed us we were guilty. The law isn't bad news. We are the bad news. But the law showed that we are the bad news. We're guilty. We need somebody to justify us like the lamb would be killed for my sin in the Old Testament. So the Lamb of God In the Old Testament, they have to do it every year. But now there's no need. We just have to trust what he did thousands of years ago. Let us carefully understand the story of the gospel from the garden, Adam and Eve, to Abraham, to Moses, to David and Christ. The covenants do not contradict each other. On the contrary, each has its place in the plan of God, who is the God of destiny. God has destined all these things to happen. From Adam to Abraham to Moses. And the Davidic covenant is just like a a restrengthening of the promise to Abraham. That a king from your roots, I mean from your descendants will come who will rule forever and ever. A promise to David, which is called the Davidic covenant, although its roots are also in the Abrahamic covenant. Until the coming of Christ, when he said, I now give you the new covenant in my blood. And lastly, proclaim the promise. God gives a promise through faith in Christ. Obeying the law does not lead to righteousness, Only faith in Christ Jesus brings righteousness. Therefore, we proclaim the promises of God in Christ. Let us not live as prisoners of the law of Moses, nor prisoners of standards that we invented. Standards we invented. Don't do this, do this, don't do that. That's a Christian, that's not a Christian. Uh, Let scripture define that, please. Not you, not me. Let's find scripture that defines that. Otherwise, we'll be living as prisoners. As I mentioned, growing up in the 80s as a believer, I was told not to listen to any music but Christian music. I couldn't find that in Scripture as sin, by the way. What I realize is all music belongs to God, but if somebody made some bad lyrics, then that's a choice I will make. I will not sing that because of these bad lyrics that seem ungodly. But how about the many songs that are good for the culture? Let's not make our own. Especially those with no scripture basis, let's not do that. Righteousness is through faith alone, but of course, authentic faith leads to obedience. Again, obedience does not save. I give you a poem called Prisoners No More. But now, if the Abrahamic was better than the mosaic. Why was the law given to them when the first was the precious gem? For transgressions, that's why it's there. See the consequences to bear. The law revealed sin to us all. It is for judgment to recall. Through the law we are all condemned not all can truly comprehend, was shadowed by the mosaic, Christ fulfilled the Abrahamic. With all our hearts, let us believe that the promise we may receive, prisoners we are no longer because of Christ, our Redeemer. Let us all rise. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for the promise you made to Abraham fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And the blessing is continuous. This gospel is being spread to every tongue, tribe, and nation. All nations will worship you. Representatives from all nations will worship you. You will bring the nations together under you. We thank you that we can believe. We can have faith. And we do not need to trust our own good works to save us. Because we cannot. We can only fully trust in the Lord Jesus. He is the perfect one. None other. Not Paul, not Peter, not Mary, not Joseph. None other. No human alive. None other except Christ Jesus Himself, the perfect sacrifice. We trust Him for our salvation, for our justification, because we are guilty and we need to be justified. We cannot do it on our own. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for making us understand the purpose of the law, purpose of the Abrahamic covenant, Mosaic covenant, Davidic, and of course the new covenant in Christ. Which is one way. Like Abraham, God is one. God is one. Abraham believed. And he was made righteous. So we believe with all our hearts and by your grace. In Christ you make us righteous. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Lord. Thank you for making us understand that we are wretched sinners. but justified in Christ. We are nothing and no one, but in Christ is everything. And through Christ, we have been made precious in your sight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Be glorified. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, And the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Good morning.